it's been a great relaxing day. I've been able to read a couple pages in your book and I keep getting stopped because of, you keep striking nerves. It's so simple and well-written. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I love hearing that. You know what? So the book launched about a month ago, almost. And the feedback I've gotten from everybody is that it's an easy read, but you do have to stop and kind of jot some notes every now and again because it's getting your brain going. Exactly. Absolutely. Uh, in the first couple of pages, there are some great similarities. You know, when you're on a path, uh, for me, you said, um, my goals will always be unreachable unless I don't just start. And and Fit Goddess Tribe, that's our biggest thing. Just start. You know, just start with your fitness, your mental awareness. Just start. So I love seeing that. Thank you so much. I absolutely have had the pleasure of getting acquainted with your brand, which makes me so excited. I love what you're standing for. Um, Fit Goddess Tribe is absolutely awesome. Um, I think that there's a lot of resources out here for our physical fitness, right? Like, you know, you can follow a million different um, trainers and a million different um, nutritionists um, or even groups of like, you know, folks who, who like to work out together. Uh, but it's rare that we're seeing that pool between mind, body and spirit coming together and talking about our fitness as a whole. So it is super, super cool to um, have been introduced to and acquainted with your brand. Um, I think it absolutely resonates and speaks to the power of networking uh, because this is just perfect. This is this is amazing. That's right. And I absolutely, again, told, um, what was the Emerges, her, the co-host, what was her name? Um, from Emerge the Magazine, there was Tiffany. Yes. Tiffany, beautiful. So we met and I told Tiffany, I said, you know, sometimes you, you get ready to come to these things and you get nervous right before you come. You're like, ah, should I really go? Will I connect? Will it matter? And then my thought, which I always tell my clients, your presence matters. So I'm like, okay, I said I was going to be there. I'm going to be there. And I show up and I meet you. It's phenomenal. It is phenomenal. Like I said, it's the power of networking. You never know who you're going to meet, where you go. You never know how they're going to fill a gap in your life somehow. Um, and so it's just really cool to go to one simple mixer and actually meet someone that's able to pour into you and pour into your business um, and pour into your life. It, it really is awesome. Um, I felt really honored this morning sharing with everybody the reminder that we would be here live today and saying that I'm partnering with this Fit Goddess Tribe because even just the name of the business, I think it's super awesome. I mean, it, it, it's a tribe. It's a group. It's a it's a movement. It's 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 unity. It's everybody together. Um, it's not just one person That's like right. you didn't choose to just focus on yourself. Um, you focused on creating community, which I absolutely love it. Um, I, I'd like to say I resonate yeah, with that myself of kind of pushing that whole CEO life and boss life um, type of narrative and, and talking about that we can all be bosses in our own right. It, it, it's not just about me. 
That's absolutely right. We said that uh, when we met, you know, bringing the bougie back, the, the good side of the bougie, you know, the poise, the class, the style, the grace. Man, I can see you, sis, and oh my goodness, thank you for existing. I'm so proud of you. And then thank you turn you. around and say the same to me. And it's like, wow, now that I have recognized you and your light and me and my light, we actually shine brighter together. Absolutely. I'm so glad that you said something about bringing the bougie back because I want to know when did bougie become a bad thing? <laughs> like, I don't, when did that song out. drop? Bad and bougie. Whenever that song dropped, that's when it became a bad thing to be bougie. You know what? I am I am proudly bougie. Okay. I work hard to be bougie. I work hard to, to have all the things. Okay. <laughs> Give me the things. That's what, that's have what all this the hard work is for. <laughs> I, I do what I like. So I could do what I like. Exactly. It, it The hard work and discipline, just like I tell my children. Uh, my 10-year-old, one time he got very upset. He was like, Mom, you want me to be perfect? I said, no, I want you to be consistent. You're there already you intelligent. You don't have to do a whole lot of work. Just keep just doing the thing that you're doing, brother, and it'll get better. Yes, just be you. That's be, right. Be the best you that I know you can be. Um, I, I thought when you told me that, hey, we're talking through an empowerment bookstore. Like, first of all, let's just let's just tap into how amazing that is. Um, because there's a million different books we could read out here, but to focus on different authors and different literature and text that is empowering someone else in another way, I think is absolutely amazing. Um, so when you when you said that we were going to talk about the book Leap Off the Ladder, and when you said that this is an empowerment bookstore, I felt like what better place for me to sit and talk with you than the space in my home where I feel the most empowered, which is my she room. <laughs> this is where all of my things I are. I love it. I, yes. yes, this is where I write. This is where I think. This is where I work. Um, to be honest with you, this is where I chill. When I want to watch Netflix and chill, I'm right in here. Um, this is my space. I can see so it. I, I can see it. Yes. So when I think about being empowered and sharing that empowerment with others, I'm just an everyday hardworking person, but I'm in my space. I'm in the space where I feel safe, where I feel like a boss, you know? And so I thought, what what better way Ooh. to take this interview than curled up on my, on my favorite couch in my favorite place? <laughs> oh, I love it. So let's get into it. What is to write your book, Leap Off the Ladder? Yes, thank you for asking. So I have the book here, of course. Um, what inspired me to write my book, Leap Off the Ladder, really is everybody around me. Um, I have been asked so, so, so many times, mainly by those who I interact with in person who know a little bit of my story. Um, I've been asked so many times, how did you get the courage to leave a six-figure job and work for yourself? Um, how did you get the courage to not know how much you would be paid each week, each month, each year? Um, after receiving that question countless times, I realized that there really is empowerment in my story. There's empowerment in what I have done and this journey that I have taken um, and I, I realized that these people are not just asking me this question to be like nosy. They're asking me this question because they may have their own aspirations for themselves to pursue entrepreneurship. So what is the best way for me to share 
how I got the courage and what strategies I used, what mistakes I made, because the book is riddled with them. I talk about a lot of <laughs> mistakes that I made in this book. Um, but that's really what inspired me. I was inspired by everyone coming to me and asking me, how did you do it? And how can I do it too? And I felt that translating my journey into text was the best way for me to share that with as many people possible. Ooh, you better say that. This is this is how you uh, go forth and multiply and spread your word. Like it's very simple. Instead of repeating yourself, <laughs> yes, <laughs> over and over again, you're just like here, 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 here. It's yes. it's great. Um, so, what was your turning point in your career that made you realize you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Okay. The turning point in my career, actually, which is, I love that you asked me that question because that's not a question I answer in this book. The turning point in my career that made me say, I can leap off the ladder and I can do what fulfills me um, without, I'm going to call it a crutch. I hope I don't offend anybody by saying that, but without the crutch of a corporate career, uh, because I started my entrepreneurial journey and opened my brick and mortar business while I was still navigating and balancing in my corporate career. Um, so the pivotal moment for me really was I tried to get that personal fulfillment out of my corporate career. I started initially in management um, and I was in warehouse management. My background is in supply chain management. So at first I was managing these large warehouse teams. And as I climbed the corporate ladder, I moved from managing warehouse team members to managing managers of warehouse team members and assistant managers of warehouse team members. I thought that that's where that fulfillment would come in. Like, okay, now I am leading other leaders. I am not just managing boxes and numbers. I'm managing people's thought processes and I'm, I'm developing thought leaders. I thought that's where that box would be checked of feeling fulfilled, but I wasn't. So I segued my career from management um, of the operation, then management of staffing, which is still an operation, to diversity, equity, and inclusion program management. That's ultimately where I left my corporate career. I went into DEI thinking that this is something I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about Black equity. I'm passionate about diverse workplaces. I'm passionate about teaching others how to create inclusive workplaces. So why not segue my corporate career into that? I knew that my passion lied in inspiring others. And I felt that that was the best way to do it while still being in corporate America. Um, I formalized my experience by going to Cornell and studying DEI so that I could put my money where my mouth was, okay? Um, as far as being a leader in the DEI space and being a senior manager in the DEI space. And I have to be honest with you, I gave myself a timeline under that DEI umbrella of 18 months to see how I felt internally. And I didn't let numbers lead the decision. I didn't let a promotion lead the decision. I didn't let um, my stats on my team lead the decision. The decision was about how I felt and even still of accomplishing amazing things in the DEI space in corporate America, I still didn't feel fulfilled. 
And it's because I really was not doing what I'm passionate about. My passion isn't just about inspiring others. It's it's about it's about my business. It's about it's about pursuing my dreams. Um, And so that was the pivotal moment for me. Oh, I absolutely love that you realize, and that's you say in the first chapter of your book, right? Um, How did you phrase it? I you wrote down your lofty dreams, and you're like, oh, they're just dreams. You're like, no. This is what's making me move. This is what yes. is giving me life, as they would say. And then you started to structure your life around what gave you life. And look at you. You look You look happy. You look fulfilled. You look satiated. <laughs> you look nourished. You look well cared for. Thank you. Thank you. And I, I feel those things. Now, I got to be real, though, and I talk about this a lot in the book. I don't always feel this way. <laughs> it's some days mm. where I am like, why did I do this? I'm crazy. I am trying to wear all these hats. I am trying to grow my brand. I am trying to do all the things at once. I must be insane to think that they're all going to happen. There are some days where I don't look like I have life. (laughs) I don't look like I have energy. Um, Mm. Entrepreneurship is hard. Um, Pursuing your passion is hard. Because you're so connected to it, you're so bought in and you're so invested because it's what you're passionate about. So any step backwards or any tick mark that isn't working exactly how you thought it was going to work, it stings 10 times worse when you're pursuing your passion. So there are some days where I don't feel how I feel right now. Um, I talk about in the book, putting your small Mm. trophies on the shelf. That's what gives me that glow. That's what gives me that spark back. That's what gives me the energy is is when I have a small win, focus on that just as much as I focus on the small losses. Oh, I love that. So in fitness and, you know, I have my degree in psychology, so we always just say it's positive reinforcement. You got to learn how to celebrate yourself in business. It's we say it's paying yourself first. If you don't do these things, you will deplete yourself extremely quickly. Uh, yes. But to that note, you talked about the battle, right, of leaving your, your corporate job. How did you measure your personal battle of knowing when the time was right and then leave? Like, what what made you take the leap? Ultimately, what made me take the leap is remembering that life is short. I don't want to look back at my life and say, oh, okay, great. I was able to buy all of these cool things. Um that, you know, really can be taken for granted or taken away. But I spent my whole life trudging away at a job that I don't even love. Um, There are so many reminders around me that life is short. Um, I enjoy being able to make my own schedule so that I can be home in the afternoon when my daughter gets off the school bus. I enjoy being able to say, okay, let me, for, for example, this year I spent a whole eight days back home in Detroit with my dad for his 60th birthday. I enjoy being able to have the freedom to embrace those experiences in my life. Um, I enjoy being able to um, host a dinner party for my husband's boss and his peers and his people at work because I could take off a day to focus on doing that. Um, Those are the life experiences that I felt like pursuing my own passion gave me. And 
missing out on some of those life experiences because of balancing so much and trudging away in corporate, um, those moments are what made me say, you know what, it's time for me to take the leap. I'm passing by too much. It's time for me to to get my my life back. Um, I think what, what really made me realize it was, um, and this sounds so small, y'all, but for me, it was huge. I bought my daughter a pair of Ugg boots. I was so hyped to get these Ugg boots. I took a picture of them trying her on, like the, her first pair of Ugg boots. When I say she dragged them things through the mud, like dragged them, okay? They were so dirty. <laughs> At one point, I was like, oh, I'm going to get them clean. Her nice shoes. She, she didn't care. What she cared about was the experience of going to pick them out with me. It wasn't about the item. And it was like, well, why am I just like in this cyclical chase of an, of these items and not experiences? So I feel like what pursuing my passion did Ooh, was turn dang. what, yes, it turned what I do to monetize and pay for my life into experiences. So I could do both of those things simultaneously. Let me earn my money while I'm having experiences I enjoy. Dame Dash said it best, you turn your passion into your profit. That way. Yes. And see, I always say they told us as kids, right? If you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. What say it's comma, you'll work harder. Right. <laughs> but it won't feel like work because you love it. It does not feel like work. Um, yeah, I'm saying. It's, it's so funny so, because when I get home in the evening, sometimes my husband will, you know, ask me like, oh, how was your day? And my response is, it was fun. And, and at first that sounded weird like rolling off the tongue but like no it was fun because i'm doing what i want to do <laughs> yeah i had a great day it was it was phenomenal i got i got it done god woke me up again to do this again like yo i'm winning yes. i'm winning can you discuss some of the challenges that you faced when transitioning from your corporate job and uh, maybe how you overcame them. Yes, absolutely. So the book is riddled with my challenges. Um, but one of the biggest ones for me is, you know, I told you my background is in supply chain management. I'm a numbers person. So of course, I gave myself these goals um, that were driven around numbers. And um, I was just determined that I had to reach these benchmarks. The biggest challenge for me was not reaching the goal to um, supplement my income that I was making in corporate America as being 100% self-employed as quickly as I planned. That was one of the biggest challenges for me. And I'll tell you why. It was like demeaning to me. It was like, well, why didn't this work? This is what I said. I gave myself 15 months. Why? Why do I not make the same amount of money that I was before in that 15 months? This was the plan that I created for myself. So I'm failing. That's how I viewed it at first. I viewed it as, you know, oh, I must be inadequate or I must be doing something wrong. I viewed it as a failure. And it has taken a lot for me to not look at it that way. I, am, I was trying to sprint through my journey. And, and, and that's just not how it works. You got to take more than one breath to get through this journey. Um, and, and it's not all about that bottom line dollar sign. Yes, I want to have a comfortable lifestyle and I do. But 
I had unrealistic goals for myself. And when I didn't reach those goals, I felt like I failed at being an entrepreneur. When really being an entrepreneur is a lifestyle. It is when people say like, oh, you have an entrepreneurial spirit. That's truly what it means. Like it's something that's within you. It's not something that you can buy. It's not something that you can get from watching somebody else and, and emulating what they're doing. Um, so the hardest challenge that I had was understanding what that spirit means and being able to embrace that that might not look how I thought it was going to look on paper five years ago. I can see that. So you've talked about setting goals, right? Yes. Aligning yourself to be able to one, stay disciplined mentally, because no matter what, we all fall short. It's just, it's a natural course of life. So it's a part of life. Kind of safeguarding yourself in a way to move forward. Yeah. So what lessons have you learned along the way that you think would be valuable for aspiring or mature entrepreneurs? Yes, a couple of the of, of the biggest lessons that I've learned along the way is valuing those who enter into this journey with you, whether they be for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. Um, the relationships that you make as an entrepreneur are going to be so invaluable. I have gained some of my closest friends from my salon family, from my business, um, and being able to understand that the ones who may only have been seasonal, they taught you something. So the moment that you're able to categorize all of those relationships and understand what they have for you and what you have for them, the better that you're able to create value out of them. Um, I think that once I learned that lesson, I was able to deal with some of those challenges a little bit better. Second, biggest thing that I would say to those who are aspiring and those who are, you know, on the fence about taking their leap, um, write down before you take the leap, what things you think you may regret if you don't do it. Like proactively think about that. Like, okay, if I stay where I am right now and I don't take this plunge, I'm going to regret this, this, and this. And then ask yourself, can I live with those regrets? My answer was no. I could not live with the regret of maybe not knowing if I could do it. I could not live with the regret of feeling like um, this big dream I had, I never gave it a chance to succeed. Those were some of the regrets that I wrote down and I just simply couldn't sleep with those. I couldn't live with those. And that's one of the things that, that drew me through all of the challenges that I faced in order to make it out on top. Mm. Okay. So super dope, right? That, that kind of resiliency allowed you to continue to progress. And it's a mental resiliency. I'm studying it further now as a parent, as a coach, as a author, um, you know, it's, it's, it's part of life. In fitness, I tell you that, you know, having a strong muscular skeletal system will give you the resiliency for longevity. But you grew up in Detroit, right? Yes, I did. Born and raised. Okay. Can you tell me if there are any challenges by growing up in Detroit that helped you prepare for entrepreneurship? 
Oh, absolutely. So I always say it's not until I moved somewhere else that I realized how much of my personality comes from the environment where I was raised. Uh, so number one, I must say, and you'll read about it in my book, Leap Off the Ladder, my background in Detroit is not at all what you thought when you heard me say I'm from Detroit. So when you hear me say I'm from Detroit, you probably think like uh, poverty. Um, you probably thought about crime. You probably thought about um, a neighborhood that doesn't look so nice. Um, you probably thought about a bunch of stereotypes that you've heard um, about Detroit. That is not where I'm from at all. So I am from a beautiful historic neighborhood in Detroit with 100-year-old Tudor-style homes with their original architecture that have been preserved by proud homeowners um, in the heart of the city. I am from the most amazing place in, on the planet. Like it, it is, it's an amoeba. It's this little hidden gem that honestly I've met other people from Detroit who don't even have never been to my neighborhood. And they're like, what? There's a golf course. <laughs> like it is a beautiful place and it's predominantly black, um, which, which is just bomb. Um, my neighborhood where I am from Ooh. in Detroit is called Palmer Woods. So if, if you if you're curious about what I'm describing, Google it. It's amazing. Um, and Google the Detroit Golf Club and you'll see my neighborhood and where I am from. What that has instilled in me Ooh. is actual belief. Like this is not a Santa Claus type of idea. Actual belief that there are black people who are working for themselves, who are succeeding who are sending their kids to college, who are driving luxury vehicles, who own their homes, who maintain their homes, who are providing opportunities for other. I got to see that firsthand in a city that is known for plight, strife, mm. and distress. I got to see firsthand that that is not all that there is to offer in this place for us. That that is not everybody. I Ooh. grew up watching the example that I don't have to be what people think when they hear a certain thing. I don't have to be the stereotype of a black girl. I don't have to be the stereotype of somebody with red hair. I don't have to be the stereotype of the girl from the hood. I can be what I saw. All of the people who broke down the barriers of those stereotypes and showed me what black excellence looks like. That's what Detroit instilled in Oh my God, you better speak. Yes, ma'am. I told you Ooh, I'm a proud better speak now. on proud. it. Now listen, so I, I'm I'm a historian. I love our history. I will not stop studying our history. I want to become our history. You know what I'm saying? I want I we want are. my face in the African American history museum. Yeah, you know, I'm that's the that's like you say, that's the that's the goal for me. Yes. And doing this and highlighting other sisters, brothers that look like me that are like, hey. We're here, we do this because you're right. You're absolutely right. I was one of those young girls that grew up in an all white neighborhood. So I saw the same thing you saw. I just didn't see the representation. So I still felt right. like the kids in the hood because you're not seeing that we can do this, but it's a weird kind of self-loathing that gets implanted in there because now not only absolutely. can you not do this, this really ain't for you. Right. So now yep. you got to battle that, that, mental stronghold your entire life and then break that and be like but it is but it is it wasn't until i moved to norfolk virginia to where i started to see what you grew up around i'm like oh snap this ain't like oh they look like me <laughs> this ain't fairy tales 
y'all real y'all y'all actually oh we do this we actually do this it's mm-hmm. i'm so glad that you exist sis, because more people need to know that our story is being told improperly Right. I honor the the areas of Detroit. I remember going to Motown as a kid and be like, yo, this is lit. This is dope, <laughs> right? Exactly. It is it is not all run down, raggedy, right. and ugly. I, I mean, wanted don't to get move me wrong. there. But... Don't get me wrong, it is some run down, raggedy, and ugly, but that's not all of it. <laughs> that's not but that those places exist legit everywhere. So instead of highlighting the negative areas, let's make the negative areas positive and then continue to highlight the positive areas. That doesn't mean that every problem is going to go away, but we're at least going to work towards a more, what do you call it? The amoeba, the homeostasis, right, of a community collectively. There we go. Absolutely. So I have one last question I saw one question that was in the chat, so um, whichever you would like to answer first, but what advice would you give someone who is considering leaving their corporate job uh, to pursue their own path? The advice I'm going to give to the person who is considering leaping off the ladder, um, leaping off that ladder that you've been climbing for so long, my advice is just do it, but do it with a plan. I think sometimes when we hear the words, just do it, we think that means, okay, go now. Um, No, still be strategic, still create a plan for yourself so that you can ultimately succeed. I am not telling you to leap off the corporate ladder with no money in your savings account. I'm not telling you to leap off the corporate ladder with no business plan and no idea how you're going to generate any income. I'm also not telling you to leap off the ladder with a business that's in its infancy. Maybe you need to start and grow your business to a place where it can sustain the lifestyle that you want to have or that you have planned for your children. Um, So take that leap by planning, getting your ducks in a row, getting your things in order, get yourself a business coach, create yourself a business plan, create yourself a timeline, create yourself milestones. And when you hit those milestones, you're, you're taking yourself into action and catapulting into the next step. Um, that leap doesn't have to mean, all right, I don't have a plan at all, but I'm tossing these papers, I'm swiping them off the desk, and I'm just quitting right now. No, that may not be what that means for you. What it may mean for you is taking the plunge into actively planning for your business, putting the ball in motion, and and putting things in place for you to be successful. I say to that, you have a plan. Tell my clients all the time, we can get started. You can have all these dreams and goals, but we have to start somewhere and we have to see, you know, it's the longevity of it. Like you want to do this for six months or you want to be healthy forever because that's, that's the idea. We want to, we, we know what the end is. Now it's the quality and quantity of life. What are we working towards? If we have no, like you said, if we have no end goal where I'm like, okay, I want to, have this kind of body, this kind of lifestyle, this kind of whatever, you are legit just going to be out here. Just floating. Just floating. Just everywhere. (laughs) Just floating. Just doing things. And then you'd be like, what did I do? No, you did a lot, but no one knows. So the question in the chat 
was, what's the difference between the little black book and the roller? Oh, that is an amazing question. Whoever asked this question clearly read the book and I just love it. Um, okay. So the difference between the little black book and the Rolodex is super, super clear. So the little black book is your compilation of observations over time. So for me, you know, my business is in the beauty industry. So my little black book happened to be a compilation of notes from each salon environment and each retail environment that I worked in. A list of things I loved about those various places and the things that I couldn't stand about those various places that I didn't want to implement at my own business. Um, that's what I used as a framework for my business plan. Um, it came down to simple things like how the pay was structured, um, how the break room was structured, the team camaraderie, how do we keep inventory, different things like that. If I saw wins from one of those businesses, I wrote that down so that I could emulate that win. If it was something that I felt was kind of negative in that environment, I wrote it down so that I could avoid it when I ran into that challenge for myself. So that was my little black book. It was like, you know, that that term little black book, I certainly didn't create it. It's kind of like the book of everybody you dated. So my little black book was of all of the businesses that I dated and had relationships with. And I wrote down what I loved and didn't love from each one of them as a framework for myself. Now, the Rolodex, however, is essentially mm -hmm. your resources that you have in your back pocket that you can leverage for your business okay. at any time. Um, for me, that is a CPA, that is an attorney, that is a collections agency. There's a lot of people that you need in your Rolodex, um, a PA, a personal assistant or a virtual assistant um, that you can call on when certain situations in your business arise and you know that you need help. Those people are the team of people that supports you. All of the resources that you may have in a corporate space, they're not going to carry over with you. When you become an entrepreneur, it's just you until you build and grow your team. But you can have a Rolodex of people that are resources for you on an as-needed basis. So that's the difference between the little black book and the Rolodex. Sheesh. Now, you started mentioning your team, and you made me think of one other question, right? Sure, how do you motivate yourself and your team? Like, how do you keep yourself grounded through life's demands? Because like you said, you have a whole family. You're an entrepreneur, which means you have 17,000 hats. And then as a mother, you have 17,000 more hats. How do you keep it straight? And how do you motivate the people that work for you to keep it straight? I motivate the people that work for me by investing in their dreams, too. Um, I understand that those who work with me on my team, their, their ultimate dream might not be the Lusso brand. They probably have dreams for themselves too. get to know their dreams, get to know what they want, what their next steps are and invest in them to reach their dreams and their goals too. I guarantee you while you invest in them to reach their dreams, it's going to translate well for your business during the time that they're there. I'm going to use a person in particular as an example because I know she wouldn't mind. Um, her, her her business name is Lee the Braider, um, and she has opened her own salon, Surreal Beauty, in MacArthur Mall in Norfolk. Lee worked with on my team for two years, and she was absolutely amazing. 
But I always knew from the time that she came in, her goal was to open her own salon, which is the very same business that I have. Did that offend me? No. Instead, let me invest in that with you. Let me teach you the things that make a salon succeed. Because while you're here, you're going to be implementing those things. And that means that you're going to have good customer service. You're going to provide a good product for people. You're going to encourage people to leave reviews. You're going to help me build a reputation for my business by behaving in a way that I am mentoring you to behave in your own space. But for this season, it's going to implement it's going to implement something positive here at the Luso brand. And when you are ready to go and, and chase your next dream and take your leap, take those things with you. Learn, develop, and grow. Um, when you have a team, you have to understand that your dream is not theirs. They have dreams too. And good leaders care about and invest in the dreams of the people around them. Um, so so that, that answers kind of the first question of how do I motivate my team? Now, how do I keep myself motivated? It's very different than how I motivate my team. Yeah, I keep I keep myself motivated by introspecting on how I am doing to my personal goals. How how are you trending to that? Um, one of my goals for myself okay. is to achieve financial freedom. Um, to be out of debt. Fair so. Nice. How am I trending to that debt-free goal? And what are the actions that I'm doing within my business, within my brand to get me there? So that introspection is what keeps me motivated in, in addition to my family and the people around me. I love it. I love that you said introspection because if you ask any of my, my close circle, I am I try to be one of the most introspective people. I often, there are cycles where I'm like, okay, don't mind me. I'm just thinking about who I was, what I am, what I'm doing. Yes. <laughs> and is it still in alignment? Are we still happy with self right now? So it's, I love that. I absolutely love that. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I, I think that um, what, what keeps me motivated is having my mind on the mission. You know, my, my goals are what drive me. That's right. And when, when those goals tailor right into your passion, it's easy to keep climbing for them. That's right. When you love doing it, it's easier to keep going. I get That's up right. because oh, I get to do it again. I get to do it again and again <laughs> and again. It's so cool. Well, I'm Absolutely. so glad that you joined us today in the Empowerment Bookstore. Again, our mission here is always to, one, uh, you know, the Fit Goddess Tribe is always about empowering the Black and underserved, whatever they call us, community, and bringing light to where we have resources like yourself who can say, hey, I did it too. Hey, I'm also leading by example. Hey, if you have questions, you can always ask me because there needs to be more, as you said, leaders in the world. So as the leaders unite, we stand up and say, here I am, uh, and we lead by example. So before we close, please share with us where we can find you on social media, where we can purchase your book, where's the next place that you'll be uh, so that we can just keep you in the loop and keep following you. Absolutely. So um, you can find me on social media at Luso CEO. That's spelled L-U-S-S-O. Um, I am super, super active on Instagram and very interactive. So please follow me, send me a message, um, comment. I will follow back and comment back. 
absolutely love to interact with people. I'm a people person. So please follow me on Instagram. I am also on Facebook under my full name, Morgan Elizabeth Chavis. Same with LinkedIn, Morgan Elizabeth Chavis. But most importantly, I want you to go onto my website and get your own copy of the book. So my website is www.thelusobrand.com. And on my website, you will see all of the services that I offer from business coaching to public speaking um, to my podcast. You'll see it all there and you'll see where you can click to get your signed copy of Leap Off the Ladder. So that again is www.thelusobrand.com. Luso is spelled L-U-S-S-O. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Hopefully we'll have Sis back again. And you know we have the show Fit Heal. Uh, it airs every Monday at 7.15 with my mom. We're again. And we discussed the traumas maybe she's went overcame the the whatever has happened from getting the idea to one jump off the corporate ladder and go for her dreams uh, and just maybe motherhood. You know, our whole platform is about healing the entire mind, body, and soul so that we can ha live an optimal life. Don't forget to share this. You know what I'm saying? Like and comment. You ain't got to watch it right now, but it'll be on YouTube for later. We'll check you again soon. You guys have a great evening. Bye. Thanks for having me.